0: Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger. And with me, as always, we have an amazing guest. Today, we have Aviad Stein. Aviad is the Director of Client Partnerships at Alpha. Welcome to the show, Aviad.
1: Hi, Brian. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Hey, I'm super excited to have you on the show. Not only because you're working in an interesting company, a consumer insights company that really has a software platform to help manage a lot of this experimentation that we're always talking about in innovation, but you've also been in the space of innovation for a long time. You've worked at Tumblr and Bloomberg and Nordstrom and helped create this customer centric driven transformation in some of these places. And my understanding is you've both worked at Nordstrom and done in Bradstreet to help create corporate innovators or incubators and such. I'm excited to have you on the show to talk a little bit about your experiences in and around this space.
1: Thank you very much for having me. And I'm very excited to kind of share for my experiences leading me into my current role with Alpha. And let me tell you it's been a long journey of experiencing myself some of the challenges in taking organization in different sizes through a digital transformation. And I was actually uh, getting into Nordstrom at a time where the e-commerce space for them as a retail company was very premature. And they really tried to solve for the online and offline ecosystem. In order to solve for that and really create some more consumer-centric offerings for existing clients and some of our future clients that we targeted, we had to start by putting a team together that I had the privilege of heading, which we call the the Innovation Incubator. Basically, what we try to do is really just do a a very in-depth analysis and assessment of our existing business, the things that are working well, that really delight our customer experience. What drives them to the store? What does it to make a customer become a loyal, right, to a particular brand? And obviously bringing the technology aspect to that solution. What we try to do is really outline the personas we want to go after and infuse a lot of the new methodologies at the time that really just helped in, in product development around experimentation, around design thinking. The agility of collecting the right information and making decisions that then you can actually create products out of that. The evolution of that team and that initiative that I've headed at the time was for me then to be given the mandate to put a team together that can actually execute very successfully and build the first online and mobile ecosystem for the Nordstrom brand. Obviously, I've headed a team that was able to uh, develop a true e-commerce experience on both iOS and Android platforms. Really enhance our personalization components on our website and pretty much streamline the checkout process and create a whole ecosystem for users who are engaging with sales rep in the store and the ones who are on the go to be able to shop with us and get insights into what's available to them as a loyal customer. It was an interesting journey. Uh, obviously, getting into retail at that time, and that pretty much led me then to uh, bring those expertise into Bloomberg and take ownership on our consumer-facing digital team, and really just bring to life a lot of different content type around audio and video and magazines like Business Week and pretty much digitalize those. And know, my team again done a full assessment, right? Of what is the market opportunity? What is some of our competition? When getting that type of content for consumers and the ability to obviously create a whole ecosystem between mobile applications, connected devices, smart TVs, while bringing the partnership aspect to place and really working with some tremendous companies like Amazon and Apple and Samsung to build very specific products that were pre-launched on their devices globally. Large impacts on the brand, recognition and obviously for monetization and experimentation right going into different markets being able to apply different subscription models and so forth.
0: You worked for some of these most iconic brands that have been around for almost centuries, you know, Nordstrom's and mm-hmm. Bloomberg. What was it like in an environment and in a culture that's been around forever to embrace new technologies and new innovative ways of thinking? How did you go about doing that and what are some of the obstacles that you had to overcome?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And I think, again, when you're coming to an organization, especially that size, where both people and the methodologies haven't been changed in a long time, change is obviously uh, the obstacle, right? It's a big obstacle to teach people of different ways of working, getting themselves out of their comfort zone. The way to go about it and the way that we did it at Nordstrom was to pretty much tackle one specific, I would say, challenge the business had. And that was with acquiring the new users, right? So the acquisition funnel as a whole was very, very stagnant for, for years. And what we decided to do is bring to the mix and bring to the conversation the teams that at the time were assigned to solve for that. And what we tried to do is really just go through a process where we define the existing experience of sales rep trying to sign up users for our loyal program? What does it take, okay, for a person, for a sales rep to engage with the customers? What does that experience look like? What are some of the things that they're asking or trying to delight the customer in terms of getting them to sign up and so forth? So we brought the teams to understand, okay, first of all, what is the process? And also try to figure out a way of how technology can best support them while they're interacting with those people in the store. So I'll give you a concrete example. We had a fashion stylist who were approached by some of their loyal customers in the stores, probably on a monthly basis, right? To get a list of different brands and different items that customers may be interested in. We tried okay to bring technology in place where that level of communication gonna be much more frequent mm-hmm. that people will be able to actually be notified right when a new item according to things that they've identified that they have an interest in, going to be sent to them, whether it's via email or push notification and so forth. By identifying an existing model and the technology right, that we can leverage, we brought those small teams and people who've been working on those teams to adapt and change the way that they approach the level of interaction they have with existing users.
0: Hey, listeners, I want to pause this episode to talk about a new partner, RSM. In this fast-paced environment, you need an advisor who thinks ahead and rapidly responds to your challenges and changing needs, and RSM is that partner. As your business advisor, RSM will work with you to turn innovative ideas into reality. RSM is a proud sponsor of this podcast and the upcoming I.O. Summit. And we're so excited to have them on board, we've decided to cut a bonus podcast episode so you can really learn about how RSM delivers the power of being understood. Check it out or go to rsmus.com slash io. So how much of the change was really driven by customers saying, hey, we are using these technologies and even though We're used to Nordstrom being high touch and and high service and that we really want to embrace and use technology as part of that experience or how much was it driven from the business side saying, hey, we need to embrace some of these technologies and create new experiences for our customers to have.
1: It was actually a hybrid right between the two. The business obviously wanted to create a competitive advantage in the marketplace by leveraging the different technologies at a time. But in order to solve for that, we were pushing the incubator, and myself, we push to get as much as customer feedback as possible so we actually will be able to mitigate the risk of building something that will not add that value for our end customer. We went through a process of collecting that information through customer interviews. We brought some of our loyal customers to our store and we interviewed them. We've run a lot of surveys. We've created some functional markups and put it in front of users just to collect this really basic information about how they view that experience and if that can make a change for them. And then we took it back to leadership and tried to quantify the business opportunity right, of creating those type of experiences versus, for example, just modifying the way that we are monetizing on our existing products in the store. And how, for example, we go about creating value around our anniversary sale, which was a big, big thing for some of our customers. So again, to answer your question, it was obviously a very thoughtful process, right, of collecting the most significant information from our customer and then bring that business case and business opportunities to our leadership so they can pretty much have a sign off on that.
0: So let's fast forward a little bit. So now you're at a company called Alpha. It's a fairly new startup company that's got a software platform that allows companies like Nordstrom and some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies out there that are using this platform. Talk a little bit about Alpha and what it does and how it can actually enhance these innovation efforts.
1: Within the last, I would say, decade, maybe even more, the whole notion of product management became a focal point right, within organizations. And Another term that was really exciting to a lot of leaders and stakeholders was digital transformation. Alpha was born pretty much to arm product managers to begin with with the right tools so they will be able to forecast and project what is the right type of product or feature or functionality that the business should even focus on based on that customer feedback, right? And the target audience that the business is so focused on. Alpha was pretty much born out of the necessity, right, to give those product managers, later on, marketers and researchers. With the most relevant, substantial insights at speed and scale, so the platform pretty much enables every person within the organization to run an experiment based on an hypothesis or an assumption that they have about existing product or even an idea that they have, and try okay to expose it to their target audience and get that directional input in terms of what is the customer sentiment. What is the market opportunity? How do people will perceive, okay, an enhancement to the product? Would that enable them to use those products even more often and so forth? To your point, we're working with about a third of the Fortune 100 companies in the marketplace today. And pretty much each and one of them has the goal of digitalizing their portfolio. And when we looked into the market opportunity, it was very clear to us that out of about $1.3 trillion that going to be spent, in 2020 on experimentation and digital transformation, about $900 billion of that are going to go to waste because those are not even targeted to be validated. Right. So obviously there is a clear need right, to pretty much embed what we call the test and learn culture and methodology within organizations, and so that they will be able to take those hypotheses, validate them, get these directional insights, communicate it to stakeholders within organization, and by default, both reduce the risk of doing something with no substance and value to the user, but also create an environment where biases between one stakeholder and another, okay, is cease to exist. So we obviously look at Alpha more as a collaboration tool that is enabling teams right to move much faster, based on concrete and substantial input from the target audiences.
0: And that's a big deal, that idea of speed. Think about your ability to run multiple experiments over a course of time versus the old way of marketers where they have to spend three or four weeks finding a customer segment and then doing focus groups and then maybe doing something post that. And that feedback loop is much longer than with today's technology tools that allow you to run more experiments more often and get that feedback quicker and quicker.
1: You know, that methodology of moving fast is pretty much a second nature, right, to startups. We are trying to obviously build the same type of methodology and framework within large organizations where speed is not something that they are really focused on. And, you know, we're going into large organizations with smaller teams who might have different ideas of how to develop a product. And we build that knowledge within. And by building that knowledge, okay, we're pretty much arming them with the tools to run as fast as a startup is and put them in real competition, right, with smaller companies and smaller teams who on paper at least are able to move much faster than they are.
0: Right, so you've been in space a long time. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see product people make, specifically around experimentation and the research phase of things?
1: Probably the number one mistake that the product managers are doing is not being able to actionize on relevant data. So data is becoming such a commoditized space right now. But differentiating factor between a good product manager to, I would say, a great product manager is that they're able to articulate exactly what the business goal is and the objective and go very tactically and validate those type of assumptions. As a subset of that, really just being to actionize, right? And put a concrete plan where you can measure the success of what you've been validating. And so I think that the biggest challenge today that we're seeing within product management is that product manager, the role itself shifted from a visionary role to execution role. When you're moving from a more visionary to execution, you need to be armed with the right tools, right, to execute successfully. And obviously, okay, Alpha as a platform, as a methodology, is enabling product managers okay, to do the job and to do the role that they're assigned with much greater success. The second fold to that, I would say it's the level of collaboration between cross-functional team within organization. Sometimes there are competing ideas and competing agendas between, let's say, product managers and product marketers. A tool like Alpha or a methodology that Alpha is trying to really build is bringing those two teams together, right? To be aligned, to have that level of transparency. And I think that's what can help product manager become much more successful in the way that they execute against the business goals.
0: The last thing I want to talk about is the fact that some of your team is actually coming out to the I.O. Summit here in October to bring an experiment or an opportunity for folks to see firsthand what the Alpha platform can bring. And uh, we're calling it the Alpha Bar. So I don't know if you can talk a little bit about that experience, what people can expect from. The event and how the alpha bar market help out.
1: The alpha bar is without giving a spoiler alert here, but the Alpha bar okay is probably the most engaging experience that people will uh, be able to experience at the summit. What we're gonna try to do with the alpha bar is pretty much get people to think about different hypotheses or different assumptions that they might have around their business and walk them through how easy it is to use the platform to input those hypotheses and within a very short period of time. To see results coming back from the target audience. Alpha Bar was really formed to create more of an interactive session where people can idea together, where people can think about clearly some of the pain points within their business and put it to action. And not wait, to your point before, a very long time till they can see something with substance to them, but to really getting some output from the platform that they can take back to the business and they can get people excited about it and obviously can try to leverage both the methodology and the platform. And we obviously gonna send, you know, the best of our people to run that alpha bar and hopefully, okay, it's gonna evolve into fruitful discussions between people who are attending the summit around some of the pain points and some of the opportunities that they're seeing within their space. So again, it's gonna pretty much enable people to collaborate right outside of their comfort zone as well.
0: I'm so excited to have you guys out here for that. If people want to find out more about Alpha or yourself in the interim, what's the best way to do that?
1: Go to alphahq.com. That's our website where you can actually request a demo and see how it works and pretty much get a sense for what the bread and butter of the platform is. If someone wants to uh, get some more information for myself, they can reach me at my email address as well, which is my first name, aviad, A-V-I-A-D dot s-t-e-i-n at alpha UX.com, and i will be more than happy to talk to anybody both on the platform my experiences and potentially help them ideate and think about ways that they can benefit their
0: business that's awesome avia thank you very much for being on inside outside innovation telling us a little bit about your insights and in this world of innovation and look forward to staying connected as we continue to build out this new world
1: thank you very much brian it was my pleasure to be on the show
0: that's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. If you want to learn more about our team, our content, our services, check out insideoutside.io or follow us on Twitter at the Podcast or at Group. Until next time, go out and innovate.